0: And your foot is in a heater. Hey guys, it's Baron, and this is Deep Shit. Today's guest, Claudia Kogan. Claudia Kogan is a very good friend of mine and uh, a very funny comedian, twitterist, uh, writer, etc. etc. Uh, she talks a little bit about her a little bit about her past in improv. So you'll hear about that aspect of her as well even though that's not what she does really anymore she has done it anyway guys how you doing it is the uh holiday season a lot going on man i went out today to get a little piece of a filter from my vacuum cleaner and it was trafficy as crazzledazzles. dazzles and today is sunday i went out earlier today on sunday you're not hearing this until tomorrow so yesterday I went out, and it was traffic as fuck. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And then I got somewhere. And I'm like, oh, right. People are pretending to care for others. <laughs> I forgot. It was pretend to care for others time of year. Um, Christmas is an interesting time. Kwanzaa is also an interesting time. Hanukkah, not so not so much interesting. Uh, not so much interesting. I don't know why I got really Jewish on that. I was actually writing up a thing I have to do on... Uh, Wednesday a little storytelling show and tell a holiday story so I was writing down some observations on growing up uh, a little poorish which is why I as a kid got over Santa Claus crazy quick I never really believed in Santa Claus because there were way too many holes in the story and and just also I never got straight answers on uh, how Santa Claus was going to get to me when I didn't live in a house with a chimney or a fireplace. And I'm like, so Santa Claus has access to this apartment? Like, how's he getting in here? And every adult would just be like, you'll see. Wink! And I was like, oh, I know what I'm getting violated. That sounds like he's a person that's going to attack me. That sounds awful. But when I was younger, you know, and poorer, I didn't get anything. So I was like, oh, so Santa Claus forgot about me. Is Santa Claus the system? Because I haven't gotten anything. I didn't even get coal. The bad kids get coal. So I wasn't considered good or bad at all. I'm on a, a different list. See, th- nobody talks about Santa's fuck you list. But apparently I was on that list next to Rudolph. Of course, unless it's foggy. But um, <laughs> these these things are going to kill, guys. What I just told you. Oh, my God. It's going to get so Freaking, I don't even know what this show's going to be or what kind of audience is going to be there, children, adults. If you are a fan of stand-up and you have kids or you know someone that's a fan of stand-up and have kids or you have kids and you've never gone to stand-up, don't bring your kids unless they're an appropriate age. Don't bring your child, your baby, to a stand-up show. We're not clowns out of Cirque du Soleil. Okay? We're tragedians. It's very different than what a child might appreciate. They'll they'll appreciate me. I'm animated as fuck. They won't understand what I'm saying, but they'll be like so many gesticulations. You know how articulate babies are and how articulate they can be. <laughs> I want to plug the All Things Comedy Network right now. So there it was. No. Uh all things comedy. You know, check out all the different uh podcasts. We're going to be relaunching in 2013, I believe, uh, a a new design on the website and stuff like that. I'm talking with the uh, All Things Comedy uh, social networking peeps uh, about trying to focus my efforts as a promoter of myself, which I've never been that good at doing that. Oh, hey, speaking of which, I actually have something to promote. Um. December 20th, I will be at the Claremont Flappers, if you're around for that. I believe that's a Thursday night. I'll be there doing a show that I believe is called Christmas Time for the Jews. And you know me, Jewish and stuff. And then December 21st and 22nd, I will be at the Mad House Comedy Club in San Diego. Two shows each night. December 21st is uh, my mom's birthday, and it's also the the day that the Mayan calendar predicts the end of the world. So if that doesn't happen, I will be doing comedy that night. And if the audience is full of drunken douchebags, then I will wish that it did happen. (laughs) Uh, December 30th, me, myself, and I And Sean Patton will be doing shows in New Orleans at the New Movement Theater. I believe it's 1990 Burgundy Street, or 1919 Burgundy Street, Uh, the New Movement Theater. Me, Sean Patton, also is going to be a guy named Cassidy Hanahan, a gentleman I know from New York, extremely funny. Another gentleman I know from New York named Rojo Perez is going to be there. And then another guy I don't know named Chris True, spelled T-R-E-W, Chris True, For some reason, I thought he was black. There's something about the name Chris True that made me think that's a black man. And I I looked him up, and he is not. He is not. Anyway, here's the episode with Claudia. We talked about defensiveness. And uh, it was a fascinating conversation that yielded a lot of fruit a lot of fruit that refuses to accept the idea that it's fruit, you know, and if you point out, hey, you're fruit, it will be like, well, what's that supposed to mean? I'm not, I can't be anything else than fruit. No, you're, you're, you're a tomato. Some people say I'm a vegetable and some people say I'm a fruit. So sometimes I'm a vegetable. It just depends on my mood. No, I I think you're, I think you're a fruit. You know what? I think people only uh, specify that a tomato is a fruit when they're assholes, when they're assholes who just want to be contrarian for no reason. Okay, these are the people that correct your grammar in a way that sucks. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Is that my catchphrase? I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I'm 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 noticing from listening to my own podcast these phrases that I keep coming back to over and over again. I don't know what I'm saying, or in a sort of a way, or intents and purposes. I, did I say that I used to think it was intensive purposes? And then I read intents and purposes and I'm like, wow, I've been saying that incorrectly. <laughs> I've I've been saying it correctly ever since I figured that out. But uh yeah. I learned something, guys. At least I learned one thing. All right, here's Claudia.
1: What are you stomach guy? It's Face down.
0: Like, so it's stomach, and I wake up, and it's like, it's kind of amazing how much I fight myself physically while I'm asleep. Because I'll wake up a little bit, and I'm on my stomach, and I'm like, fuck this! Get on your back, you dick!
2: And then wow. I'm like,
0: yeah, I do a yell at myself. And I, it's usually my side, and I'm kind of up on it, and I kind of twist my legs in a way to where my bottom leg is extended and my mm-hmm. top leg is bent over. So it's like I'm twisting my back while I'm sleeping. Ooh. Like the bottom half of my body is more f- like front to the bed, and then the back half is like up. So wow. I, yeah. And then I usually have my arms underneath me. It's like a lot. I got to feel all – you know what it is? It's like it's, you're
1: trying to run into the mattress. There's something about – you're trying to escape.
0: In my in my childhood, I there was a lot of sleeping on the floor and a lot of sleeping on couches. Oh, so don't do.
1: Sad face, Claudia. <laughs>
0: don't do that. So there's a part of like being all bundled up or mm-hmm. kind of in a very limited space that I still equate to being relaxed and okay. and being asleep. So, but it's like,
1: but it also involves folding yourself really, really strictly in uncomfortable ways. Mm-hmm.
0: And it and I'm like I I and it's. I've been tra- trying to train myself to the Claudia Kogan style of sleeping, sleeping on my just back. Let it flow. For um, a decade, at least. And I have, more than a decade, I have failed. I'm failing.
1: Well, I i mean, it's interesting that you would use the word failing because it's just something that you're doing. You know, it's, it seems pretty natural to you. What? I mean, like, sleeping, like, you can't really judge how you sleep.
0: You can. If I wake up in pain, I'm not doing it right. (laughs) I wake up, I'm like, oh, my back, my neck, my, ugh. Like, I'm in pain. There's got to be, I'm doing something horribly wrong.
1: Okay. Okay? I just think you're, like, it seems weird to me to judge how you sleep. It's sort of like, it seems like there's something so innate about it, and it's like, you can't be like, I'm doing it wrong. You're doing it innately. Well,
0: the, sleeping is innate, but the position in which we sleep is trained, mm-hmm. I think. It's like, you know, you. I think how you sleep as a baby is how you'll sleep as an adult because your body equates a certain position to rest. So it's like, and I've tried to sleep on my back. That's the problem. I'll get to my back, but then my brain doesn't totally turn off because it's like, wait a minute, this isn't sleep position.
1: You want to know, I think the reason why I sleep on my back, Yeah. you want to know something, this is like deep, Uh-oh. deep, dark. I'm scared. When I was little. Uh-oh. I used to think that Superman could see into my bed. Like, I felt like he had, like, there's x-ray vision, but I felt like he could see into my bed. But for some reason, he was under the bed. Like, he wasn't a monster, but he was, like, one of those things that live under the bed. And he could see up. And I would rather him see my butt than my front. And it was, like, a very, like, childish Like, oh, okay, that's how I'll deal with this. Like, I can't get rid of Superman under my bed, like, with his X-ray vision. Like, I was terrified of him because of his X-ray vision. I thought that—I was actually really scared of Superman. Like, I'm so weird. Like, I—like, to me, he was terrifying.
0: Why was it terrifying he can read
1: your thoughts. Like, poor Lois Lane is like— He can't read your thoughts. Didn't she, like, like, in the movie, like, couldn't, like—wasn't he, like, listening to her thoughts while he, like, he went on her patio, and then they went flying, and she's like, can you read my mind— I bet he could, like, see her underwear color.
0: No, she, she, yeah, he, he could, said, I can't, I, no, I can't read your mind. Oh, really? If I remember correctly. I remember correctly, correctly, it as
1: a kid, as, she, as he could, because I was a kid. I was little, you know, and to me probably, it was
0: like, oh, no, people can do that. It was probably because oh. of the intense eye contact <laughs> 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 that you were like, never am I looking into someone's face again. Superman's <laughs> trying to look at my, my, my kitty goodies and reading my mind. This is awful.
1: And it's so funny. Why would Superman want to look at me in my bed?
0: So Superman was your Catholic guilt, is what you're saying?
1: Maybe, yeah. <laughs> or, like we didn't. I didn't have a god, so I I get I put it on him. Well, Superman technically yeah.
0: he's the son of uh, son of uh, Jor-el. No, is he Jor-el or Kyle El? I can't remember. I think it's jor Okay, good. <laughs> Jor-el <laughs> by Menon. I um, <laughs> that's amazing. You were afraid of Superman that you fixated on. That's terrifying. Even though he was a hero, mm. it was the invasion of your privacy that you were concerned about.
1: Yeah. I And I also didn't like being in bed. I always tried to find reasons to get out of bed.
0: Did you have your own room? Yeah. What What do you mean? Like, uh, what kind of reasons?
1: Like, like, if sirens, if I heard sirens, I would leap out of bed and run around in the middle of the room. <laughs> because I didn't want to be in bed. I was like, that was like the most vulnerable place is the bed. So I had to get out and do something. Like, and my little brain was like, run around.
0: Huh. Is that obsessive compulsive?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't, uh, I've, ne- I've never been diagnosed.
0: <laughs> Neither have I. I'm trying to remember things I've been told. It's like you had to do an activity to prevent something from happening. Yeah. But it, but all of that was in your head. Mm. And there was a part of you was like, I can't, I have to do something so that way this other thing doesn't happen. But it like kind of, it made, it kept you up mm. and you had to get out of bed and do that over and over again. Again, not over and over, but
2: well a little. Yeah.
0: Not like multiple times on a night, but like every night. Yeah. Okay, well I'm not a licensed doctor yeah. yet. <laughs> There's an online place. What? What were you gonna say?
1: I don't know. An online place?
0: Well, you just you just seem to have a thought run across your face. No,
1: no. I was like, Oh, what is he talking about? I wonder if I went to that website.
0: <laughs> no, well that's interesting. And my travels. Is scared of Superman what's something else that you were scared of that quote unquote doesn 't make any sense when you were a kid
1: scared of uh, i don't I think but that 's what happens with kids like that 's how you are, live your childhood it 's like you 're scared of all the wrong things like every nothing makes sense at the time, but you find little ways of coping
0: so yeah, you basically create your own religion <laughs> your own <laughs> mythology and rituals, and you 're like this will get me through the days if i believe um i 'm trying to think of like i I had one that was um when I was really, really young, they tried to get me to sleep in my own room, in my own bed. Uh, five, six, something like that.
1: Is that when you got your own room? Or was it... It was... Like, what...
0: At first, I was in New Mexico before I was in Vegas, mm-hmm. right? Because my mom was young. So she had me at, like, nineteen, twenty. She turned 23 days after I was born. And uh, there was some controversy about it. <laughs> uh, apparently, the way that I, I was told was my great-grandparents were upset that my mother was having sex out of wedlock. And my grandmother Mm -hmm. um, was upset that my mother didn't have an abortion. So she was the one who was progressive (laughs) in this situation. (laughs) And uh, I used to have the joke that I stopped doing. It's like my grandmother was upset that my mother didn't have an abortion. But if my grandmother was alive today, she would see me right now and know that that is exactly what happened. Uh boop bu- oh. boop bu- boop bu- be be ba bu- boop bu- boop bu- ba bu- ba bu- be 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 sad.
1: So <laughs> glad you don't tell that anymore. It's a dark I always, I always
0: had these weird I had some couple weird dark one liners. There was this one that I used to have that I stopped doing. Now, you know, I'm never going to say it because I know that my mom kind of listens to this.
2: Oh. And uh Hi, mom. I've
0: heard she told me she kind of listens to us, so I don't know how much she listens to, it. I don't know if she has the patience to listen to whole episodes. But um this was a joke I did once. Remember Sweet Paprika? Mm-hmm. When they moved to the D Lounge in the, in the, the basement of the Daryl Roth Theater in, out of Union Square.
1: They made the most of that basement. They
0: made the most out of that basement. Because there
1: was so much talent upstairs, it just flowed downstairs. <laughs> it's just,
0: where are we going to put this an overflow of talent? Well, Maybe we should have a lounge for that fl- talent. Yeah, for well, we have
1: all these extra chairs for when sometimes shows sell out. Let's use them for this D Lounge. Does the D Lounge still exist?
0: I have no idea. The lounge, I like to call it, the lounge. The lounge. Um, But, oh yeah, so, oh God, now I forgot what the, what the dick, oh, I remember. So there was some show, I was on Sweet Paprika, mm-hmm. and people were taping it for some reason. I don't remember exactly what it was. And some of the clips from that show of a set that I did not like at all, just in general, because it wasn't a good set, and there was a lot of... Half ideas that I didn't really like. Uh, I just didn't do well. It, I remember it being one of my worst sets I ever had on that show. And for some reason that was taped. Mm-hmm. And in a way that I don't remember signing a release mm-hmm. or something. But suddenly there were clips of that set on Hulu. So if you typed in my name on Hulu, clips from that set would come up.
1: Oh, jeez. A set
0: that I hate.
1: I have, a, I have another story about that when you're done.
0: Well, there's a joke in it that I say that takes the piss out of my mother's alcoholism when i was a kid eee. right but it's like it's a it's a dark one-liner and can you tell us that one-liner well that's the thing is that, like it 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 hurts me to tell it mm. because it i think there's something about it that i think is mean and it's not anything that i really believe but it was like a dark truth mm. that i'm like maybe that'll get him even though that's uh, okay, here's the one line. I'll just tell the damn joke. Um
2: you can cut it out
0: later. Sometimes I oh, I'm trying to remember what it was. Just like the drinking. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I like to get really sometimes I got I like to get really drunk, really hammered. So I can perfect my impersonation of my mother when I was 11.
2: Oh. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: It's it's mean. That's mean. It's it- mean. Especially because that's the past. Yeah. And my mother and I have repaired, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, all that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you have to acknowledge it within you. You have to know that it happened and it like, real, and deal with it. But like, it, it does seem unfair to bring it up again because she's, especially if she's apologized. Like, had, did, have you guys. Oh, we, we hashed that shit yeah. out. Like yeah. a long
0: time ago, even before, before that joke. That's why yeah. I was like, it never felt right because it didn't feel like I wasn't, it wasn't something I was angry at or mm-hmm. about anymore. It was just – it felt like a cheap joke about something real that I was over in a way yeah. to the extent that I can be over it. I don't I don't see myself as a victim of that anymore or my mom is an aggressor or oppressor. Yeah. So there's always been like the – anyway, that joke was online. And my first thing was I do not want her to see this like it's like i don't want her to think on that i'm hulu. i'm yeah on hulu i was like i don't want her to think that i'm going around doing jokes at her expense
1: on hulu on hulu or just only on wherever or anywhere yeah
0: because if that's the only joke that she would see then i would assume that she would be like well, what else is he talking about that i don't know about cuz they don't know what the hell i'm talking did, about did she see it i as far as i know i don't know I never oh. asked but i would like to think that if she saw it she would ask me about it And um, because I think I like to think that we have that relationship now that um, that we can talk about shit. She's actually usually the first person that I run stuff by like new jokes. A lot of times when I think of something, there's something about suddenly explaining the idea to my mom Mm -hmm. that it makes it come out. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I'll be like, I want the joke to be this, and then I'm explaining what I want the joke to be, Mm -hmm. and that is how I should say it. Mm -hmm. Suddenly I'm like, well, I'm trying to say that this and this and this are true, and that if you this, I'm
1: like, well, why don't I just say that? Wait, before we forget and get too far, I have my own amazing Hulu story. Uh I'm sure the listeners have been, like, Hulu biting. (laughs) Hulu. I do, Hulu. Um, I did a show for a comedy website that doesn't exist anymore, and they paid me money, and I guess part of that money was an agreement. That they could do whatever they wanted with those clips. And they put them on Hulu. Um, it was a series of women comedians. That and was the, the same thing. The series was called Cramps. <laughs> because of Because, of course, there's probably not one period joke in the entire series. Because we've all been beaten to death not to do that. But, no... They called it cramps, and I and I didn't, and I I was so confused by it because I didn't get that it was a period reference. I was like, cramps, like about like when you're nervous about going on stage, like you get cramps. I literally didn't understand it for like like a couple like minutes. I was like, I don't like. It took me. Well, I
0: I'm not a woman, but uh, I can assume that uh, having a period is like doing a show, and uh, basically, (laughs) I love that you I love that you're you're kind of patiently listening. (laughs) Like, does he really have a point, or is he? (laughs) Is he trying to real make a real comparison Give right now? the benefit
1: of a
2: doubt.
0: Um, that's awful. It might have been the same people that taped the show that I did. Yeah, so I'll bet it was. I must have agreed to sign something because I, I just, I think I signed something. Did you
1: get a hundred dollars?
0: You know what it was? I didn't know what they were going to do with it, all of it. Uh-huh. I thought it was going to be in a specific place. I didn't know it was going to be on Hulu. Yeah. That was like an easy accessible place or oh. something like that. What well, you were saying, did I get $100? Yeah. I don't remember.
1: Because that, that was my first paid go- comedy gig was to uh, – it was at what would become Sal's Comedy Hole.
0: To cramp on stage?
1: <laughs> well, You know, just bitch about being a woman. Isn't
0: that what Ow. women call jokes? Cramps. Cramps. Is that what you – Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Every time I tell a joke, I'm like, gotcha. <laughs> now you have my pain. Oh, Boom, boom,
0: boom in the uterus. That's not where it happens. Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: I don't know why. I the said... surrounding muscle tissue. Oh, that's, now we're getting disgusting.
1: due to prostaglandins, I believe. What
0: are we talking about?
1: I haven't had cramps in 20 years. You don't have a period? I do have a period. I just don't get you, cramps. You
0: just, oh, but you know, it's probably your diet, right? Because um, you have like a dope diet and shit.
1: Dude, my diet is so dope. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it is mad fly.
0: It's it's wiggity 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 whack. <laughs> is it funky fresh your diet?
1: Mm, let's just say uh it's cleaner than a new pair of sneakers. What is that? See, I'm that's see now I feel like I'm racist racist. it's
0: cleaner than a new I, pair I of sneakers. I feel like
1: in street culture, like new sneakers are really valuable. They are. They have to be like really pristine. Yes. Okay.
0: Well it, um and also My
1: colon is cleaner
0: than a new pair of sneakers. Than a
1: new pair of Jordans. It's
0: also uh sometimes the fashion to leave the tags on the shoes because they're so fresh you just put them on you didn't take the tags off plus it's showing it's show yeah you were plus it's showing how much they cost Uh so it's like a it's a bad it can be a badge i've seen some people that you know when you get shoes and sometimes there's an extra pair of shoelaces and a bag attached i've seen people that wear them that leave that on
1: there.
0: It's <laughs> all the accoutrements of how new it would be these are.
1: So cool is if like you got them at like a discount store, so they were tied together with a plastic band, and like you were just like shuffling down the street,
0: just kind of playing your own uh, uh, what's it what's it called three leg race three legged race. These are like the T.J. A Max. solo three legged race where you're just like your two legs you're just hopping down the street. I'm fly. <laughs> I'm jumping like Jordan. Um, I'm fly. Funky mad fly. Radical. So, well, I meant to say, what are we talking about?
1: Oh, we were talking about literal cramps, actual physical cramps based on diet. No, and I mean. Hulu.
0: I mean in this podcast. Hulu. Like the subject of this podcast. I thought it was Hulu. No, I don't I don't think Hulu is a, is a concept that people struggle with.
1: <laughs> you haven't talked to my mom. Uh-oh. <laughs>
0: this Hulu. I, that's, I don't even know what your mom said. What like. is
1: Hulu Plus?
0: Does How she, do I have to you, pay
1: for it? Did she actually ask you that? No, she never did. <laughs>
0: Making so many assumptions out of, making ass out of umption. Um, We were talking about uh, when I asked you, right, mm-hmm. to do the podcast, and we were talking, going back and forth about what kind of s- situation, <laughs> what kind of concept we were talking about, the theme. We came to the idea of defensiveness, mm-hmm. which I'll call defensiveness slash fear, mm-hmm. right? Um, or just fear. I'll figure it out by the end.
1: (laughs) Well, it's always a cover up for fear. I think
0: that's what you're already answering my next question. What the hell is defensiveness? Do you think?
1: Yeah, a cover up for fear. I think it's a cover up. It's also it's like I'm afraid you're going to find out something that I don't want you to know. So that's like defensiveness, sort of in your just in conversation. uh, Or like you're like defensiveness can be. It can be more subtle. It can be like very aggressive like hey I didn't you I what do you mean by that like but it also can be like like deflecting like changing the subject and um see I always think of it as more passive like people will do it like you know oh, hey where did you get like that that looks like my shirt oh no like it like it'll like come down a line or like just sort of like just covering up more
0: why do you think of it as passive is that a tactic that you you self-employed, so you assume.
1: Yeah, I do it, and I don't even know it till later. I figure it out afterwards.
0: You, what? Did you, passive aggression? Yeah. Then you'd be like, "Wow, I think I was passive aggressive there." Or
1: like, "Oh, why did I like? Why did I tell that fib? Like, why did I lie?" And it's like, "Oh, because I felt stupid that day. Like, I felt bad about my life, so I was like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm going to um, yeah, I'm just, I'm like, uh, I'm I'm doing a shoot today, but like, meanwhile, like, I'm really just like." Going to the library or something. You've like, lied that that big. I way? don't know if, like, it's, that's a bad example, but, like... It, like No, I'm, that's I'm, a pretty big
0: lie, though. I'm I'll doing be, a shoot and you just go
1: to the library. Or, no, but, like, I'll exaggerate.
0: Huh, okay. Or, like,
1: I'll I'll be writing and I'll be like, oh, uh, yeah, I have this really great idea for a, a film, but it's really, like, I just want to write a couple jokes. Like, <laughs> you know, but I feel like I've got to pump it up. Like, I'm pumping it up because, and into me, it's sort of like, everybody else is doing that, right? Everybody else, like, it's it's more about like it's the comparison.
0: Right. And you're 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 mimicking the flow uh-huh. that you that everyone supposed at least is supposed to have. Yeah. Or some sort of thing. It's like, oh yeah, things are great, which is very like a LA speech kind of thing. Do you feel like you've been doing that more since Los Angeles or do you feel like you were doing that in New York as well?
1: I feel like I've been doing it the same in LA but not caring as much about it. <laughs> because
0: you think everybody else is so full of bullshit You're yeah. like, I- I- I'll-, I'll walk in this parade i in playing your game <laughs> Okay, well I won't Press you on specific things that you've lied about okay. uh, Unless you feel like there's one that's interesting Thank you. Have you What about something that, is there one that you think is interesting That you actually uh, took back Or apologized for or something like that mm. Something that, a, a fib that you told That you're like, you know what, there's no reason to tell Someone that and then you undid it later Mm. Yeah, maybe,
1: maybe. I I'm sure I have. One thing that's happened recently is I lost my job, my day job. Yeah. And I that would happen in August. That was like so 3 months, 4 months. And yeah, it's coming up on 4 months. And so recently, so when people are like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm doing like freelance work." But I'm not. I'm not doing anything freelance. I'm <laughs> freelance filling out paperwork for the employment department. Uh, and getting insur- unemployment insurance. I am
0: going to go ahead and say that counts. <laughs> that is creative writing. <laughs> <laughs> in, in a lot of senses.
1: And then like some girl who I hated, she asked me what I did. Like, could she was taught me to do a show. And she's like, oh, um, she's like, oh, do you have a day job? And I was like, I have a couple of irons in the fire. Like, total lie. total. Because I hated her.
0: Well, but that is a, that was a deflection because you don't want to have a conversation with her.
1: Yeah, but it was also, like, I don't want to admit to you that there's shit, in, I, like, there's dirt on me.
0: So it was more that you just felt like you don't owe her anything.
1: Yeah, or or more like, I, I actually was like, why, but then I was like, why do I care what she thinks? Why am I trying to impress her with, like, oh, I've got a couple of irons in the fire, like...
0: So after you said that, you were thinking that? Yeah. Hmm, okay. So I you,
1: I corrected it within me, like, like, come back here, you idiot. Why... <laughs> So you're like,
0: you know what? I don't like you. I got nothing going on. <laughs>
1: Bye. You're dead to me.
0: <laughs> so will you buy me a drink? Um, interesting. So you said something earlier. What was it? Um, you don't want somebody to know something about you.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: You, it, it's a way of deflecting somebody knowing something. about
1: you. It's covering you. up inadequacy.
0: And is that the thing that you don't want them to know? because it's like when you say you don't want somebody to know something about you is there a specific thing you don't want them to know or is it just kind of like more conceptual like you don't want them to see you as a specific kind of thing
1: okay okay um, specific things that i want to cover up
0: it is specific things I you want to cover up it is specific
1: things like i hate that i don't have more of a career mm-hmm. okay this talk is on that horrible to be recording talk on that it's all my fault Right? Um, Partly. Genetics. <laughs> it's all genetics. It's genetics. natural selection. Oh, I feel better. Um, no. Uh,
0: Why do you think it's all your fault?
1: It's all my fault because, like, I get opportunities and then I I fudge them or I half-ass them or I ignore them. Because? Because I, I like, okay, like, I get, uh, like, a, okay, here, submit a packet for, like, this TV show. And mm-hmm. then I sit there and I'm like, oh, my God, what if I actually had that job? W- would I suck at it? Would I really be able to do that five days a week? No, no, Claudia. No, you can't do that. No, go back to where you were. Like, it's sort of like, it's a, there's like a talking out of it. But it's because I'm afraid that I get to that job and they're going to be like, oh, God, ew. Like, oh, her writing actually sucks.
0: Hmm. So you're you're uh, so deciding a, before anything's happened.
1: It's very preemptive. It's like this preemptive save. It's defensive, but it's, total sabotage.
0: But it's because you don't want somebody to think that you are undeserved or some sort of fraud or something. Fraud,
1: yes. What a fraud you are.
0: Claudia, I got the fraud thing. Do you mind if I call you (laughs)
1: Fraudia? It's my real name. (laughs) Claudia's been a fake all this time. (laughs) It's Fraudia (laughs) Frogan.
0: You mean Fraudia Frog, Anne. Um, what, what, what is your
1: what is your fraud uh behavior? What's your fraud cover up? Well, you know,
0: I mean I, I do the um
1: get this off of me. I do the uh obsessing
0: about oh, is that deflection? Is yeah. that what's happening right <laughs> now? Uh oh. Bing. I um I do the uh obsessing possibly too much about the semi real, probably mostly imagined, uh obstacles in my way that there's nothing I can do to control, mm-hmm. right? I, I go like I, – I concentrate sometimes a little too much on um, what I believe the trends are, mm-hmm. what I believe people are paying attention to, and what I believe they desire, and then I decide how I don't fit into those things.
1: Wow. So you're like, here's what they want, and I am not it. Exactly. Uh huh.
0: I can see, like, okay, I see what people want. They want this, this, and this. That's and I'm not that.
1: that As a person who knows you for a long time Mm -hmm. and does comedy, I'd say that's so the opposite
0: of what you would think.
1: Yeah. Well, it and that's. I think that's so opposite. I think people do want you. Well, it's, it's in demand. Still, it's just that it's
0: just fucking insecurity.
1: Mm -hmm. It's still
0: that same thing where it's just kind of like, you know. And also, that's the other side of it is that I failed to see the things I actually have done
1: mm-hmm. and that I
0: have accomplished because I'm not doing them.
1: you know you know what, what? not everybody has been on Hulu
0: <laughs> That's and true,
1: both it's of us should appreciate
0: Yulu. no, yep, go ahead.
1: we should appreciate
0: that pause audience listeners was just <laughs> Claudia trying desperately to swallow the disgust. That she felt in her throat about me making that joke the second time. The third time, though, oh, your ovaries are gonna explode.
1: Oh, uh, I'll get those cramps I've been waiting <laughs> for.
0: <laughs> get those cramps. 20 years, you'll just have 20 years worth of PMS at one time. Uh, <gasps> it's a seasonal that's worked too well.
1: Oh, remember seasonal? Do they still make that? As far as I know. Okay. Do they still make that? You're talking to a woman who doesn't need birth control.
0: All right, calm down.
1: I need mirth control. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh,
0: I am not. See, instead, I laughed through my disgust, <laughs> as opposed to as opposed to pausing through it. Mirth control. Oh, me mm. and I. If I gain a, some weight, you know what I need? Girth control. <laughs>
1: Uh, the earth is getting really warm. We need earth control. Oh. I used earth in the there's setup. A, that was a, a bad one. There's
0: a lack of that, though. You might say it's dearth control. Oh. oh okay, let's stop.
1: <laughs> well,
0: uh. Stop while we're heads. Okay. You're, you're thinking of more. I can <sighs> see it. Your really eyes are looking around. with
1: these rhymes. You're like, now you're
0: looking around at the room like, does anything rhyme with earth, that? Earth, earth. Chair control. Bed control. Wall. Go earth. Control. No. Don't be blue. Have some smurf control. I I know it's stupid. It's stupid. That one's a stretch. <laughs> that one's a stretch. That's what I always do. I was taking I that it. that too far.
1: It was, that was cute, actually. I mean, it's like,
0: obviously, that's the, that's, the, that's the struggle I continue to have because it's like, yeah, I've done some shit. But what does that mean? Because mm-hmm. I still feel like I am exactly where I've been. And that's why it's like you're, you're always inside your own body. Mm-hmm. So it's like no matter what you do, you're always going to be you to a large extent, <laughs> regardless of how much you might put on top of that. You know, other identities you wear like coats and armor. There's still a vulnerable fucking thing under there that uh, is afraid of getting stabbed, stabbed with truth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, bro? St-
1: OK, one of the scariest things that Uh-oh. happened to me on stage oh. was I was at a I was on a, a stage that I didn't know how to mirror. And all of a sudden I look over and I catch my reflection and I was like, like, I was like, oh, and it's like, you know, when you're about to look into a mirror or reflective surface, like, I think people prepare themselves a little bit. Like, they're like, like, give yourself the angle, give yourself the good angle. I do that. Where it's like, okay, you're, you're, you're like, here's that like hallway with the mirror. Okay. Remember to like, you know, put your shoulder back. Like I, in my head, I know I'm about to reach a reflective surface. So I always, I'm like, do it. I caught myself in the mirror, and I almost was like, that's what I look like doing stand-up? I should stop. I'm a troll. You were on
0: stage while this happened?
1: <laughs> well, like, I like, I, caught it, and I shared that with the audience, and it, it got a laugh. Like, I think they saw me, like, have, like, a shiver, like, run through me. Where was this? I don't remember. It was in the last few months. The first
0: time I did stand-up, there was a mirror right next to me, and I was surprised by my own reflection in it. Yeah. My first set, I specifically remember it because I was like so hyper mm-hmm. and so excited. And my biggest, my biggest, biggest fear in stand up was they would be ahead of me mentally. They would understand where I was going with the joke before I got there. Mm-hmm. So there was this need I felt to rush to my punchlines, um, but of course I suffered from long set. Ism, I mean, long setup-ism, mm-hmm. as many young comedians do. Yeah. So I would be doing my long setups, with, but talking so fast,
2: oh. and I'd get to my
0: punchline yeah. because I was afraid they were going to get there before me, but I talked so fast that people were like, what the fuck is he saying?
1: Wow. You know what? I remember the first time I ever saw you was in 2005 mm, at okay. um, a show that I used to run in a really bad bar in Williamsburg. 3B? Like, no. It, it was a bar connected to a liquor store. It was the weirdest situation, and they had no. It was just like it was like they had like a brick space, Who did you and they put show tables with? in it. Becky Pool.
0: <sighs> that was the day I met. That was when I met Victor and Micah. Th-
1: that yeah. yeah.
0: That was the first time I saw. I probably had seen you maybe before that.
1: Maybe it was the first time I ever saw you. But Becky Pool
0: booked me. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah, I remember that.
1: Yeah, that was almost eight years ago.
0: And we have we. I never even saw that. I never been. I never went back there.
1: Yeah, I remember this. Oh wait, it was seven years. It, yeah, I mean that bar closed. It became this like weird restaurant for a while.
0: Yeah. What was it? You said two thousand and five? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Almost eight. That show was called Becky and Claudia's Supreme Offering. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, that
0: was the uh, falsetto of, of remembrance <laughs> that sometimes comes up for no reason. Um,
1: that's an, one thing, though, is like the fact that I just said a year when I was doing stand up comedy. Yeah. I I hide how long I've been doing this like my age.
0: You said that you've been doing stand up at a year
1: at that time. At that time, I had probably been doing it for maybe two. Two
0: thousand five.
1: Yeah. Oh. Okay. So it's coming up on ten in February, basically. Wait a minute. That's not right. Cool. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. And
0: I, and I graduated college in 2003. Mm-hmm. So I, and I started doing stand up. It's still unclear to me when I started doing stand up exactly. It, it, because there's certain events around when I started doing it that I remember happening mm-hmm. and remember it's like, well, but that was during the summer. So it must have been the summer between my junior and my senior year. Mm-hmm. But I remember doing it before I went to um, England for a semester,
2: mm-hmm. which
0: was the second semester of my junior year. But I'm like, but it wouldn't have happened in the first semester of my junior year because I don't remember doing it yet. Because I'm like, but because the soft because the year the summer before that I worked at this camp. Mm-hmm. Man, had I been started doing it's it, it's really
1: thin? like it's so weird. Like people ask you when you started, yeah, and you it's really hard to tell them and pinpoint it because it almost is sort of like something like that builds up inside you or can like leak out in ways you didn't know were going to happen like i started out doing sketch and improv and i only started doing stand up because i used to run a show where i was supposed to do a sketch and a character every week and then i got lazy and i just started talking on stage <laughs> cuz i didn't want to prepare in advance and that like built up to like an act
0: so your your roots in stand up come from your half acidness at character work
1: from being lazy <laughs> Mm, okay, very lazy. I'm sensing
0: a pattern here, Kogan.
1: Hey, now. I'm going to
0: put a disclaimer on this podcast. Industry, do not listen.
1: Oh, God. But I've gotten Link. over that. I'm really Good. prepared now. <laughs> Look how hard I work. <laughs> I can't tell if you're being serious or not. <laughs> now I can't tell. Um, Did you just throw a piece of floss? Is that what that was? Is that floss that's that sitting on floss. top of my iPad? Yeah, I'm so sorry.
0: Well, at least my iPad's teeth are going to be... <sighs> All right. I uh, stupid dumb. I'm recording this on an iPad audience if you don't know.
1: It's a beautiful iPad. One thing. And it's covered in accessories that record this. Yeah, it's got the
0: thing it's stuff. It's, it's what I do. Nonsense. It's what I do. Well, let's get back to this a little bit. Is this
1: is this like what? Turning into like a mini WTF? Cuz we're talking about stand up. Do other people talk about stand up on the, on your podcast a lot? If they're stand-ups? Okay.
0: And pretty much everybody on my podcast is a stand up except for one person so far. Oh, no, we're comedians. Yeah, it's our lives are wrapped up in that stuff. It is, but it's not, I'm not interviewing you about how did you start and how did you do it, you know. Mm. Um, I am talking to you as a person that I'm interested in how your life ties into this theme that we have brought up. Mm. So, of course, it tangentially opens up into other things. You remember things, it's anecdotal and uh, stuff like that.
1: The way he said anecdotal, anecdotal was very, like, there's some tr- theater training in there. Bottle. But, I mean, you can tell just by watching. Bottle it.
0: of beer. Yeah. Really? What yeah. does that mean? People always say that.
1: Uh, it's not It's not an insult. No, I,
0: I don't, I'm not taking it as an insult. I just, okay. it's just. He, he, yeah. He got no,
1: no, no. It's just, <laughs> that, you know, like, I'm sure that
0: people say things to you about your act. Yeah. That you're like, really? And it's not a bad thing. It's just that you don't see yourself. And that way, because you're, if it's something that you do naturally, then you're like, you're not trying to do it. It's just people are like, I like that you do that. And you're like, well, it's not something I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do yeah. this. That's just something I'm doing. <coughs> Cough. What were you going to say? Give oh, an example of that about yourself.
1: Uh, well, no, what I was going to say about what I think the theater training with you is you, it's how you approach act outs. Like, I really feel like there's like, it's like, I see you switch into it. Not in a bad way. But I see it as like as like, oh, here we go. Like, get ready.
0: Here comes the old and black man voice. <laughs> now mm-hmm. some beatboxing.
1: And like you also know how to use your voice really well. Like a lot of people don't know how to do that. Like you and there's like you incorporate a lot of like uh physical elements that seem to be like almost Shakespearean. Oh. Jesus. So it's not bad. Well, you know what? I appreciate that. It's it, not like. It was
0: actually a reaction to me doing stand up too fast when I started mm-hmm. because I noticed that I was talking so fast, but it's because I was getting so excited and I'm like, well, I have to make myself slow down and I slowed down s- too much. So now I found the medium in between them because sometimes I'll talk too slow mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll take long pauses. That's what I did. I was like, let me try the opposite of this. And go to this a little bit lower energy and see what that's like. And then I tried to find a balance to where I feel like I'm just talking like how I talk. But yeah, I go into these big like whatever. That's that's my impersonation. of My act outs is that sound effect. That's me flapping uh, pterodactyl wings. Um, say what?
1: But see, you have that this library of sound effects.
0: <laughs> it's me and it's, Michael Winslow. It's Winslowian. It's when it's, 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 win- it's Wins-Low-i- Winslowian. Winslowy. Winslowian. Winslow down, Winslowanian, Winslowesque.
1: You could do. You could be. You could be like a, a one man, a one man Hamlet.
0: You know what's funny? I remember having a talk with. Uh, you know what's funny? I'm sorry, I just got disgusted with the way I just set up what I was gonna say. You know what's funny? Uh, yeah. It's so annoying. Uh, I remember having a talk once with uh, with Reggie Watts mm. about Michael Winslow, and just he was. I don't remember what we were talking about. He was saying he's he caught. Uh, Police Academy on TV or something he was, maybe it was on a plane and he saw it and he was watching it and then he realized holy shit how influenced he is by Michael Winslow it's like but who wasn't like everybody saw Police Academy it was a gigantic hit and mm-hmm. as, a, as a young black man it was like that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen is a guy <laughs> doing sound effects uh-huh. in a way that is hilarious and yeah. effective criminals can't tell bro And then seeing him in space balls and being like, but it's like, yeah, that that's the introduction to like, you can do more with your mouth than just speak. Yeah. You know that there's all these different sounds and ways that you can use it. Um, I, I and see. Here's the thing, Claudia. I get a little.
1: Tell me the thing.
0: I get resistant to. What people tell me I do. So it's like if someone tells me, oh, you're so theatrical. Then I'm like, I'm too theatrical. That's what I hear. Yeah. I know it's not what they mean, especially because no one's ever said it as an insult. They've always said it as a compliment. So when people are like, oh, you, the way you perform, you you know, I'm just like, oh, well, I guess no one is, gives a shit about my writing. So then I get all like, well, I'm a bad writer.
1: Oh. That's what it is.
0: I'm, I'm oh doing. Oh, my
1: God. So you put that in there. That's what I put you, it in there. You write that in there.
0: I, I do. That's what I'm saying. That's
1: so deadly. I feel so – I but I do the same thing too when people are like, oh, I really like that joke. It's like, oh, you hate all the other jokes? Thank you for letting me know in that way.
0: No, that joke is just better than everything else you said.
1: Yeah, Everything else was sucks. No,
0: uh, everything else is good. That was just mm. better than good. Yeah. So you're saying that good sucks? You're saying that I'm good and I suck?
1: no. No.
0: No, broken, and then
1: I'll be like, "Wait, what about that joke I told at the top, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, that was funny too like like it's like i'll I'll make people do you really pay do you really do that for telling giving me a compliment, but I've stopped myself I have stopped see, I'm a good self corrector, I promise I am you're looking very skeptical, but i' I'm just letting you talk this this damaged lady who barely gets enough work done is actually the product of a lot of work. <laughs>
0: Makes a lot of sense, of course.
1: <laughs> really, you know, I've worked so hard to like overcome my tendencies, and like, okay, everybody says ADD is bullshit, especially in adults. I I, I don't think that's true at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't think I have ADD, but I do think that I may have had it as a kid, because I told like a therapist I was like, yeah, you know, I used to always like get in trouble in school. I was like had trouble focusing and like mm-hmm. I gave her all like I told her everything and she was like well and I was like it's because you know I had problems at home and she's like actually people with problems at home actually can do well in school it doesn't have to do with that you had undiagnosed ADD hmm. and then it was like like this like chamber like this door open this trap door opened over my head and the light shone down and I was like oh that's why I was always in trouble over like being bad at school and, like – and, like, apparently when you're – when you have ADD, you mm. miss social cues because you're mm. not focused.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: you're, like – it's more like – it's, like, something else occupies your mind, and I was always daydreaming. Mm. So I didn't know what was going on around me, and I'd get in trouble. I'd make stupid mistakes, and people would be, like, ha, ha, yeah like –
0: and that made you kind of shut down a little bit, feel mocked, feel yeah. small, or something.
1: Okay. So, okay, so I hate like I know the retroactive ADD diagnosis is the most bullshit thing in the world that everyone's going to roll their eyes I don't at think out so. there. See how defensive I am? I know. But it really did make sense in my case, and I was like so sad that like I like nothing happened that like fixed that like till later. Well, you, know? you you can't but tell. But it made by, me feel better to know it.
0: You know, you can't tell by looking at you. But you're like what, sixty five? So at mm-hmm. the time that you were a kid, I
1: tell people sixty.
0: Oh, but when you were a kid, um, mm-hmm. first of all, there was barely medication, mm-hmm. or um, what's the, the the medical profession was a still new thing in Victoria in, uh, England. And uh, no, I'm joking. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that makes so before sense before the polio but, vaccine, they were so worried <laughs> about that. Here's the th- okay.
0: I just saw this really interesting thing. Um, the RSA, which I think is the Royal Science Academy or something. I can't remember exactly what it is. RSA, right, .org. They have a thing they do called RSA Animate or RSA Animate because they use the A for both. They end it, and then they put animate at the end. So
1: This is confusing. I'll finish. Okay.
0: There are these beautiful, beautiful videos they put up on YouTube and it's basically it's the same people that do TED talks right mm-hmm. all the same kinds of people doing a talk an hour long speech on this particular subject and RSA animate somebody does like a whiteboard animation of they play the audio of the speech and then someone literally illustrates mm-hmm. as the speech is going on and it really makes it much more vivid of course and it makes you really get what they're saying and because they, they make a visual representation of the thing that this person is talking about. And it's really entertaining and awesome. They're only like 10 to 11 minutes long. Like mm-hmm. different chunks of people's speeches. This I watched one last night. Because I was showing it to somebody. And it was uh, this guy. Sir Ken Robinson. Um, it was called Changing Education Paradigms. And it was all about. The problem with the school system. Is because. It is. Uh, it was envisioned in the Enlightenment. Is when the school system, the modern day school system is based on ideas from the Enlightenment.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And we've outgrown them
2: yeah,
0: as a society. Uh, but they also confirm this kind of factory mindset. yeah, And they are basically turning us into workers to kind of, you know, to follow through this corporate factory mindset of productivity. Yeah. So they're training us to do that. We're
1: all management trainees.
0: But it's just like you're educating all these people in the exact same way, mm-hmm. which is a low com- low, lowest common denominator sort of approach yeah. instead of gearing things to people's ideas and attitudes because kids don't learn the same. Everybody has yeah. learned the learn everything the same way. But, and he talks about the, the scourge of ADD in a sort of a way, which he says he thinks is a fictitious epidemic. Uh-huh. And the reason is because – all ADD ADD is you taking in a lot of stimuli and not knowing how to react to it. Yeah. He's like, this is the craziest time to be a child. Yeah. He's like, there's so many things at all moments of the day up drawing their attention. How can you not be distracted? Yeah. And we're we're telling them that there something's wrong with them, that they're they can't focus on quote unquote boring stuff. So he's like, We're yeah, and it, kids uh-huh. while trying to make them focus at the same time, but we're trying to make them focus on things that aren't as big and shiny and bright as literally every ad, every TV show, every video game. You know, it's like Times Square in their brain all yeah, the time. But, like
1: that describes the current situation. Like not that's not what it was when I, when I was growing up. Like in, go ahead when I was growing up. Like, I mean, I I actually went to a school that was very very kind of progressive and small, and we mm-hmm. had, like, a lot of individual attention and, like, a lot of, like, very, like, you learn by, like, making something. Like, you make a birdhouse, and then you learn about the birds that could, like, go in there. Like, it was sort of a project-oriented and, like, sort of tricked you into learning. You didn't even realize you were doing it. Okay. And my mom uh, paid a lot of money for that, and now here I am. But, and
0: you're well, saying you still had ADD. I
1: still had ADD. I well, still, in the midst of this, like, very, like, artisanal education.
0: Right. I guess it's just that I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm making my association that it's, like, you're a sensitive person.
1: By the way. What? I have taken Adderall. Yeah? And I I think it does. It works really well. <laughs> it works for you, at least. It works really well. But my – I'll say this. I if, I if I do have adult ADD, what it, a, the Adderall I've taken has done for me is it takes, like, I think I've talked to you about this. Like, it turns everything into, like, like from this rapids into, like, a nice, calm stream. Well, but I think that's, uh, I mean, that's but what... But, ma- you know, maybe I'm just somebody who benefits from that type of thing. Yeah, I'm just thinking that, like,
0: I'm, I'm throwing out the thesis that your ADD... I guess it's just, there's ADD, there's a negative connotation to saying it. Like, something is wrong with you. That you can't focus. And I I guess I just disagree with that statement as a whole. Where it's just kind of like. School is we're supposed to learn this stuff. And then if you're not effectively learning it. Something must be wrong with you. But there's rarely it's like well maybe you're teaching it wrong. But you're saying you were in a different kind of environment.
1: I was in a very like super touchy Which still doesn't necessarily
0: matter. Because that still might have not just been the best environment for you. Maybe weirdly if you were in public school.
1: No, I was in public school. So oh, okay. Okay. So was it was a, a public pop- school. No, that was a disaster. It was, a disaster. It, was, it was even worse.
0: I guess I'm just saying that like it seems like it's it's a sensitivity thing. Hmm. Where it's just like you take in a lot of stuff.
1: But how about this? Okay, what if okay, what if ADD, it's a coping mechanism. What if it is fictitious, let's say? What well, the epidemic
0: is fictitious, not that the ADD? Yeah,
1: let's say the e- epidemic is fictitious and you still treat yourself, give yourself every like allowances and sort of approach your world in that way you would be like, well, you know what? I, I tend to lose focus. Let me enable everything I can so I can focus. Like maybe I do take Adderall and maybe I do like work in a special way in like a special environment. You know, what would be so bad about that? There's nothing bad about that. Oh, I'm not if saying it, there's
2: anything bad I know, about
1: but that. I want to – this is to the people out there who think that, you know, treating it is bad. I just think that like,
0: you know, and this is a
1: – It's a, funny. Not the, what? I guess this fits in with the, the defensiveness theme is like I'm – very guilty admitting that I feel like I have ADD. And you feel I, guilty? Yeah, I feel like, but I feel defensive about it. Like people don't believe me. I'm not like, saying I
0: don't believe you. I'm just saying that, like,
1: I'm, I'm definitely. And let not... me tell you about my gluten
0: allergy. <laughs> uh oh, get out of here. <laughs> um, I, am not, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's, it's yeah. a fake thing. I'm just saying that it, if you,
1: I wasn't saying that you were saying. That.
0: Well, I'm just saying that like it makes sense that if you were you being undiagnosed ADD is a is a thing that makes a lot of sense. I'm just thinking of well what causes someone to become ADD? And I'm theorizing, I'm making it up as I go along, that it's just a sensitivity to stimulus. It's like there's a lot going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You you're you're sensitive. So it's like you take things in and then as a coping mechanism, you learn to kind of tune everything out in the same way. Mm-hmm. So it's like you gotta Flatline everything so that way you can just not be overwhelmed and that makes a person tune out of things that maybe they shouldn't be tuned out of. Everything okay. kind of becomes white noise because that's the way that you learn to deal with things. And then as you go, get older, it's harder to pick and choose what those things are, I guess. What, well,
1: what if ADD – it's interesting while you're talking. I was like, What if it's actually insensitivity? It's insensitivity stimuli because there's nothing that's reaching out and grabbing you. There's actually like a whole world going on around you well, but that's what I'm and saying. you're able to tune it out.
0: I'm saying both of that. That's what it is. I'm thinking that because of the sensitivity, it's you go to the other extreme, uh, you know. So I'm, I'm wondering if the root of turning everything off comes from, oh, there's too much happening. I got to figure out a way to turn everything off. It makes you insensitive. You, you create an insensitivity
1: <laughs>
0: to cope with your sensitiveness
1: we 'll never know well I'm just we'll I'm, I'm theorizing
0: from the little I know right. about you, Claudia, because you're a sensitive person.
1: I'm ex- well, I'm very sensitive, but you know
0: but a lot of the times and you reflects kind of what you're saying, but this you're, defensiveness what
1: you are you do you think you're sensitive? Yeah, you do. I do think I'm sensitive What are you most sensitive to in like in, in, an, a, in an environment?
0: Well, what do you mean sensitive like, like, when
1: you walk into a place, what's the first thing you notice? don't say it's eyes. everyone says it's eyes. Um,
0: probably body language. Now that I'm thinking of it, when I walk into a place, the f- the first thing I notice is the spatial relationship of everyone in that space. Mm-hmm. I I immediately take stock of who's standing, who's sitting, how they're sitting, how they're standing, where they are, and like relationship. I I check all the exits. It, I have a little paranoia, just it, and it's a little tiny like boom, boom, boom. I kind of take everything in. I know where I need to go. if I need to get out. I kind of, fit, I kind of try to identify where the negative space is, mm-hmm. like a a place where if I'm there, I'm going to have that's going to be the place where I my interaction with everyone will be the most minimal
1: mm-hmm.
0: When I walk into a place,
1: or like, is it a sense of discomfort too? Like, would that place make w- it would be in that? Like, let's say you're like, like, like I go into a restaurant, mm-hmm. and it's like I know ex- instinctively where I want to sit. Like, like, I, it's obviously it's not by the kitchen or the bathroom. Right. But it's not even like I'm not in my brain. I'm not thinking like, oh, there is the kitchen and the bathroom. Like, it's just something like tells me, oh, go to the other side. You know, like it's it I follow that feeling more I think than I, any logic.
0: I think I Please. do do that. Go. There's the kitchen. There's the bathroom. It's like a lot of the times something will draw my attention just because I want to know what it is. Like I might see something under the corner of my eye that's not important, but I'm like, was it that? I have to look back and be like, ah, oh, no, it's a cat crossing the street. I thought it was a leaf, but it is a cat. Neither really matters. I just need to know because I'll think about was that a leaf or was that a cat. I never looked. I never looked to see which one it was, and now that I know it is, I can, like, let it go. Hmm. <laughs> Does that make any sense? You
1: know what's so weird what? is when you're talking, I realize, like, I'm thinking about, like, being on the street in L.A., mm-hmm. Another person on the street behind you or in front of you, especially at night, automatically suspicious. But in New York, that's normal.
0: Yeah, because it's, there's more people on the street.
1: But it's like it, it, it that flipped over in me like the first day I was here.
0: I, I felt that in New York as well, though. It has to do with my upbringing. Hmm. I'm, if I'm on the street late at night, the less people there are, the more suspicious I am of everybody. But then I have to sometimes realize that I also look suspicious. I am an adult. Black male, the <laughs> most frightened demographic, <laughs> or the most frightful demographic in this country. If you were walking down the you street, the most frightening,
1: the most frightening, exactly, you frighten me.
0: I'm just saying no. that, like, I'm just the fact that I am. People, if they don't know anything about me, they don't know I read comic books,
2: <laughs> and that I can sing
0: eighty percent of Les Mis accurately. All they see is a black man. Looking down, walking with intensity, and what? What's going on?
1: Oh, I'm I'm just. Oh, okay. I didn't know what um, Marion was going to do in response. Oh, Marion Serik
0: walking into the apartment right now. In. That's uh, Claudia's roommate, ladies and gentlemen. She's also a very funny comic, and uh, uh, she's jiggling the shit out of her keys right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> um, I guess Claudia, what it is that I'm saying is that I, I feel like there's there's a reflection of this ADD thing to this defensiveness thing that you're talking about in general. It together. I'm tying it together How dare you. in some sort of way. And, of course, feel free to disagree with this because okay. I know you will. <laughs> but I'm saying if there's a sensitivity there uh-huh. that you're taking in too much and then suddenly you have to turn everything off to just almost in a way trying to make yourself not care. Um, and, you know, it's harder to, to, to speak for what you may or may not have done as a child as well. I am inferring this from who I know you to be now, mm. I guess. And in, and in what you're telling me about this defensiveness is that you don't want people to think something about you. So you'll deflect, mm. but it's also a way of not dealing with the, what it is you think they might think. Right. Mm. It's a very quick it, it's, way it's, to it's kind a, of put it, that over there and not have to deal with it. What?
1: Yeah. 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 I see what you're saying. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh like a shield up not just for them but for me like like what what's provoking that thought what's provoking that feeling well i don't know what it is because i just avoided it i just threw up a grenade and exploded it ran the other way
0: and now i'm in the opposite direction yeah enjoying a martini
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh do you enjoy martinis
1: i would i probably would okay
0: well that's a bad example then uh (laughs) forget that imaginary situation i just uh Something else. Some enjoying a beverage that you enjoy. Grapefruit juice, obviously. Um, what? Yeah.
1: I like I like a nice uh, Malbec, actually. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a full-bodied Malbec
1: Full bo- from Argentina. With cherry tones mm.
0: and a, and a, a a spicy idea to it. <laughs> this is a, a
1: spicy ma- secret inside. This
0: Malbec would wink at you,
1: <laughs> and then it would
0: bring you over to meet its wife, who is a. Flirty Argentinian vixit.
1: but it would have its hand a little too low on your back anyway. Exactly. There's signals. There's signals. And there. you're like,
0: is she doing this on purpose while he's here?
1: My gosh, what are they into? I must
0: drink of this. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I'm wondering if there's a if there's a a uh, uh, pattern there. If there's a theme of. Oh, this is too much that's happening. I got to turn all this off. Everything kind of goes into the same white noise, mm-hmm. regardless of how important it may or may not be. Even okay. if you know it's important, but then maybe you, you're being told it's important. You're like, I don't, but I still don't think it's important.
1: Think about it this way Go ahead. I started doing stand up because I was not good at doing my comedy homework. <laughs> and I was, but I was able. To be in in the moment in stand-up and circumvent the inability to focus by having an immediate place to be responded to in the audience. Immediate engagement. Not alone, not distracted, totally engaged.
0: Because you're talking, you're driving. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's basically the uh, uh, psychological equivalent (laughs) of car sickness. Don't have it when you're driving.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? Otherwise, you're going to vomit on somebody's shoes.
1: Oh, my God. How horrible would it be if you had car sickness and you were the driver? (laughs) (laughs) I've got to pull over. i got to pull over. (laughs) (laughs) Officer, I'm so sorry.
0: (laughs) Are you drunk? Uh, I'm just drunk on (laughs) distraction.
1: (laughs) The room and the road is spinning. Wow. You just blew into
0: this, and it didn't even go zero. It's negative one. Somehow, you were the opposite of not drunk. You're less drunk than if you were totally sober. That doesn't even make any sense. Anyway, continue on. Try not
1: to vomit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Okay. So what I'm saying is also about the ADD. Let's let's assume that I have it. Let's presume that I have it. And when you have it, you're often very, very uh, confronted with people who are mad at you because you didn't do your work and mad at you. Because you failed to meet their expectations constantly. And guess what that gives you? What does that provide you? What does that nestle deep down inside you into your very fucking muscles and bones? You tell me. A sense of inadequacy.
0: Ooh, snazzle snazzled. A snazzled. very
1: deep sense of like, And you, and you think, you know, oh, they're right. I'm an, I'm an underachiever. Oh, if I only just put in the time. And you get mad at yourself, and you're always mad at yourself.
0: But then is there a sense of also giving yourself permission to be inadequate, since so many people have told you you're this thing, you must be, I guess I'll...
1: Well, it definitely interferes. I'll be that. Oh, it interferes, because then you really talk yourself out of trying to do things.
0: Mm-hmm. Kogan, we broke something open. Mm. We broke open a coconut of love.
1: Put me back together. <laughs> no, you're already together. Oh, okay.
0: Thanks. Um, okay, go on.
1: So... <laughs> Although I was not the greatest – so I was—I used to be good at improv. I'm going to just say that. I'm going to toot my own horn. Okay. And I think that's also because that was a moment where I was fully engaged. Mm. It's very in the moment. There's
0: you were on cooking on all burners. Mm. Go ahead. I interrupted you. you oh, continue. no,
1: no, no. I liked what you were saying. I liked it. <laughs> and he, he's also – by the way, for the audience, he was gesturing. He was actually turning knobs. Dude, my space work
0: is totally lost. On my listeners of this podcast, <laughs> if you guys saw how dope I was at main, you guys would be like, fly, funky, fresh. Because outside out, it's, it's wiggity dope. wiggity wiggity It's whack. mad
1: dope. <laughs> it's mad dope. It's crazy mad dope. Yeah. It's um, dopamine. You know what would be really good if, if, some, if somebody in your house... While this podcast was playing, would illustrate what we were talking about and bring it to life.
0: RSA animate, do it, to it. RSA
1: animate it, do turnin', it yourself.
0: Turning on the stove, cooking on all burners. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's now he's now mimicking being in a four star kitchen right now. Uh oh, get the sous chef
2: in here. <laughs> no
0: nope, braising. Sous chef is the only term I could think of. I just <laughs> saw ratatouille. Anyway, um, for the first time, not really. Uh, what?
1: So yeah, so the improv thing, but that was like. But then it was like y you, you still like what are you gonna do with improv? That's kind of also I think why I got away from it. But it was still very engaging and it allowed me well, to it, it 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 short it went
0: it turned on it, your creativity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well that's what I think that improv is fantastic for. I mean improv in itself is its own discipline, its own form, style of comedy. And when it's amazing, it's like, oh my god, you know, but when it sucks it's not. It's like, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> but I think that uh, really amazing improv is hard to find. No. Like truly amazing improv is really hard to find. Um, that's why. But, but it's also a shortcut into not a shortcut, but, but you, it, it but helps if, you write sketch.
1: If you're on a good team or a decent team, mm-hmm. you're going to have those moments. And that makes it all worth it. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. And you chase the dragon, as mm-hmm. I think someone else said on this podcast. That you're like, wow, that was incredible. It's a heroin addiction. It was a fix. I've had that in improv. Just kind of like, it's like everyone somehow knows exactly what page everyone's on. It feels so organic and real. And like this is this is even in the moment. There's a part where I'm like outside of myself, going, this is incredible. Yeah. But I'm still talking and saying maybe the best funniest shit I've ever said.
1: The best compliment after an improv show is you guys. You guys came up with that beforehand. You had to.
0: Oh yeah, when people are suspicious yeah. that you made it up,
1: and meanwhile, like no one could ever sit down and write and think of all those things for 25 minutes of material. I remember somebody,
0: yeah, somebody had written that somewhere. I feel like about like that criticism of 'cause because I remember once I had this improv troupe in uh, college and someone told me they were was a friend of mine that was sitting at some cafeteria and uh, they overheard a conversation of somebody talking about the improv troupe. And they were saying they were going to go see this different improv troupe because they had seen my troupe and we were always funny. But we always played like the same games and there's no way they're making that up. It's like how off, how can you come up with different shit every <laughs> single time? It's like – but then also someone said like but how stupid would we be mm-hmm. if we were sitting here – writing 800 scripts with the exact same structure (laughs) it's like that's that that takes so much time i know and how could you possibly think that we're you have one show a week have one show a week and we have other lives outside of that we're all gonna sit down okay we gotta write 800 scripts to do for every night this year
1: all these lessons that we're taking are a lie a lie um and the great
0: uh, improv teacher Keith Johnstone said that it doesn't matter. That was his whole thing about short form improv or getting suggestions from the audience. That was his whole thing about getting He said getting suggestions from the audience is like the most pointless thing in the world. He's like, who cares? I don't care what the audience thinks. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, so that way they know we're making up. He's like, they don't care. <laughs> they do not care. They want to see a good show. It's like because they're all going to come up to you and think that you made it up. That you didn't make it up, that you scripted it, that you rehearsed it. So why ask them a suggestion if they're going to think that anyway? Yeah, just do improv. You yeah. know what you're doing. They have a good time. The end.
1: Yeah, and people who don't, th- th- who think that, who doubt that you made it up, I think are the least creative people in the world. Like they're the ones who are like, "Well, I would never have thought of that. I have no, I have no impulses that I acknowledge." So it's not possible that other people did. Well, that's I
0: think the, the all the criticism from creative people comes from people that have no idea how to be creative, <laughs> that just they don't get it. Um, they and that's why I think it's like that's a problem with the industry. Right. Is that it's business and creativity rubbing up against each other. Business is a uh, a very clear, linear model that has been passed down. For a really long time, it makes people money and it works, right? So are the – that's how people understand it. But creativity is not that. And we're, it's people are always being forced to put this nonlinear, tangential way of creation into a very linear package. It's constantly making people who do not get it understand what you are doing. Um, and, of course – the danger is to be like, man, no one gets me at all, and just be like, you, you just don't get it. You don't get it, suit. You know, so yeah. it's like, we're, it,
1: we're of course... It, which is also a lie you can tell
0: yourself. It's a lie that you can tell yourself. <laughs> it's it's obsessing about certain obstacles that are in your way that you feel you have no control over, so why try? Why,
1: why try? try? Why try? Why try? Uh, why try? And by the way, while we were talking, yeah. and I was like, remember what I was saying, I was like, oh, I talk myself out of, like, submitting to things, mm-hmm. because it's like, what if I get the job and I can't do it? It's like, but that also, like, there is a little bit of cockiness because I'm still like, I could write a submission that would get me a job, you know? Mm. There is a bit of, like, self-belief. Uh, <laughs> There's a bit of self-belief self- inside the side of e- self-doubt? egotism yeah. Like, there is still that, like, sort of like, oh, I'm holding myself back oh, so- from being mm. the most amazing comedian you've ever seen. So it's like, mm. the-
0: I'm going to be so good that they can't handle it. Yeah, and they're gonna be like, "There's no way she's making that up. <laughs> <laughs> she must be coming up with this stuff when she's not here.
1: She has so much creativity inside her ADD brain. <sighs> if we could just put a tap into that, <laughs> could into that maple tree, tap that
0: ADD creativity, creativity, <laughs> C-
1: creativity. <laughs> oh
0: my god, we're just such pun machines <laughs> right now." No one is believing anything we're saying about being creative because we keep making puns. Everyone listening is like, lowest form of humor, bro. Who said that? Who said that a pun is the lowest form of humor?
1: Someone who just wanted it to stop. (laughs) Oh, me? To
0: myself (laughs) in the bathroom mirror? Um, Because I hate when people... There's just certain phrases that I fixate on, like uh, survival of the fittest. Right? Which... uh, that the theory of evolution Mm -hmm. survival of the fittest uh is something that charles darwin never fucking said Mm. and people attribute it to him he did not say that an economist said it an economist said it basically taking the theories of what darwin had started and applying it to business and economy and he's saying based on this model it seems that you know i'm saying that it's survival of the fittest mm-hmm. and when you look at victorian england where people were swindling each other left and fucking right yeah it was survival of the fittest it was doggy dog because you told people it was that plus i've never ever in my life heard the phrase survival of the fittest from someone that wasn't justifying being an asshole in the moment that they were saying it yeah i've never heard it survival of the fittest it's always in that <laughs> fucking Survival of the fittest, and then they get into an F one hundred and fifty and drive off into into Rape Town. That's what, every time I hear Survival of the fittest, it's like you're a dick. It's someone justifying being an asshole, right?
1: Yeah, am a, I right? Someone just come right? around and be like Survival of the nicest. <laughs> I give out teddy bears to sick kids. Survival of the nicest. See you later. Gotta go volunteer. <laughs>
0: Yeah, why is no one saying "survival of the nicest"? Son of a
2: bitch,
1: or, or or I mean, or like celebrate the demise of the nicest because it's your opposite. Like, if you if the if the survival of the people who think of themselves as fittest are the biggest assholes, then the nicest people
0: must be the not fit. Yeah, the not fit. Um, I just want like you should get a t shirt that says "celebrate the demise of the nicest." <laughs> that is the best thing. It's, I just love that phrase right there. Celebrate the demise of the nicest.
1: <laughs> They're leaving.
0: They're leaving. They're gonna inherit the earth. Yeah. Guys. The meek. You know what the meek are? Zombies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the meek
0: are
1: zombies. Yeah, the, all they want is one thing. What do they want? Brains. Oh. Do brain wait, can I ask I have a zombie question. Oh. Because I was recently put on a zombie quiz show.
0: Well, First of all, before you ask this question, let me just tell you that um, zombie mythology is alive, and it is changing like the Constitution. It's a living, breathing document.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Is it they want brains, or they want flesh, or both?
0: Ah, see, again, this is what I'm saying. There's no one thing. Okay. It depends, because that's why I'm saying that, like, literally it's like, okay, look, I got into an argument with somebody about this. Uh, Oh, no, it wasn't an argument. I was tweeting with Jackie Cation, and somehow it came out. I was literally pulling this out of my ass, but I honestly do believe this. Anne Rice, right, who created Interview with the Vampire, blah, blah, blah. I think she is responsible more than anyone for vampire mythology in the 20th century.
2: Hmm.
0: Now, Bram Stoker wrote Dracula a long fucking time ago. Nobody was touching it. It was like, whoa, he wrote this thing. Nobody was touching Dracula. Uh, And then, of course, there was Dark Shadows somebody brought up, which was like the family thing. Mm -hmm. But I think that Anne Rice... Took the vampire thing. I can't think of anyone more, you know, anyone else that has significantly – has given people permission Mm. to take vampire mythology and create their own world with their own rules about what a vampire is. There would be no True Blood Twilight without Anne Rice, but Anne Rice I think is the person who gave people permission to redefine what a vampire can be, can do, and how a vampire story can work. Now I think that's happening with zombies. Hmm. I think the comic book, The Walking Dead, hmm. right, written by uh, Robert Kirkman, and the TV show has brought zombies to culture so much right now. There's all these zombie movies, and people are changing the rules, right? Like 28 days later, when we, they were running. As, far, as long as we've known zombies, just they were really indirect with where they were going. They were, they were limping hmm. and shit. They weren't in shape. Like they weren't getting on the treadmill anymore, yeah. and if you saw a zombie, you could be like, "Oh shit, there's a zombie! It's five feet away from us," and it would still take an hour it, for it to get so to you. So it
1: was more a matter of like just making sure that there wasn't one around you, rather than actually outrunning one.
0: Exactly, and then suddenly it was like, "Oh, zombies are fast, right?" And then it's like, so I think that like the zombie mythology and like what people are doing with zombies is right now is the zombie heyday. <laughs>
1: Okay, So here's why I actually asked you Because you know a lot about zombies I don't know a lot about zombies But I had to write a chapter of a book Called Exquisite Corpse Where the last paragraph was About a guy who suddenly was being attacked By an undead army at the Vatican And it combined the two things I know the least about Which is Catholicism And and zombies And I was like wow somebody wanted me to cry (laughs) Well I I Again, and here's my here was my solution was that the, this the one living guy, uh, uh, figures out that the uh this is this the, the communion wafers are actually the body of Christ. So if you feed the zombies that, they'll be satisfied temporarily, and you can escape.
2: Oh, so I don't know zombies. if that.
1: So I don't know if a zombie expert would like would be like this is bullshit.
0: No, because you get to redefine it. Yeah. You get to redefine the rules.
1: I redefine it for a minute.
0: Look, 28 Days Later is like Resident Evil, 28 Days Later, Walking Dead, um, Warm Bodies. Have you seen the preview for this movie? I did audition for it and I read the script and it was it's based on a book. It's told from the perspective of a zombie as opposed to people having to deal with zombies. It's a zombie that still has vestige of humanity that apparently there's something on the other side of zombies that if you um, don't eat people Mm. then you become this other ghoulish thing that eats zombies as well Mm -hmm. um that they have no sense of who they were they don't look like people anymore and in this mythology of this warm bodies this book and movie that's coming out you feed on flesh but the brain is like a psychedelic drug and when you eat someone's brain Mm. you experience their memories
1: Oh, my God. Of
0: the person's brain that you're eating. And it's a way of holding on to who you were Uh because you still experience human memories and human emotions. And that's why zombies eat brains. That's
1: why they love it so much. So
0: that way they can become – they can still feel like people. That's the mythology of that book. There's a different movie coming out called World War Z (laughs) based on a book. That is like a, a possibility 1st firsthand, uh, like a memoir of a guy who went through a zombie apocalypse war.
1: I'm so out of step with the world.
0: It's fine. The movie has Brad Pitt in it. Yeah. And um, in the tra- trailer, what they're doing with zombies is they're running fast, like 28 days later, but they have this weird hive kind of thing going on where they're like a group organism mm. and it's like they can climb a wall by climbing on top of each other and it's like this mass of zombies that it's not like they're individuals they're like a group organism hive that suddenly they're all climbing on each other and taking each other over a wall
1: this is barren in excitement mode
0: no it's just it's it's a fascinating take on yeah. it i
1: don't i don't have a boner for zombies you get very you get you learn a lot about a topic and like, it's funny because you say you don't know that much about it, but you're like listing all these different things that are happening in zombie mythology it's right now. It's just shit that I know.
0: <laughs> I'm not sitting there just kind of like, well, I'm having a, combination, a conversation with Claudia just in case she asks me about zombies. Mm-hmm.
2: I better make no, sure I have my facts
0: straight. But it's
1: like, it's like, you, you, like you were saying you didn't know that much about it, but then like I, like it'll, like out comes the... Uh, Whatever's
0: cokes. Whatever.
1: We opened a little hole and out popped. It's just fascinating
0: because I because again it's trends. That's what I'm saying. I saw that with true blood, Hmm. suddenly vampires were back. Right? Again. It was true blood, then it was Twilight.
1: That's an excellent point.
0: Then um suddenly there were more vampire movies. There were other vampire movies. Then uh then you saw zombie shit, so suddenly Two of the biggest shows on TV are a show about vampires and a show about zombies. So the other people were like, well, what about all other supernatural beings? Big show on NBC? Grim. Right? Do you know about that show? No. This guy is a Grim. Like the brother's Grim.
1: I don't like anything that isn't based on like actual reality. You say that. <laughs> what does that mean? But um, you spent so much time
0: daydreaming.
1: Ah. Uh... But I'm I meant I didn't daydream about like anything fantastic or weird. All I'm saying
0: is that there's a there's the trend of doing that supernatural stuff. There's another Beauty and the Beast show. There's yeah. Teen Wolf, but they're doing it like a uh, Twilight. It's like an MTV show, so it's like you know edgy high school kids, but they're werewolves too. They're just putting all this different stuff. That's why I saw I, saw that, I noticed that trend. The yeah. other trend that I'm noticing right now, because I'm seeing like things, kind of people who have sold shows and are having development deals. The biggest trend I'm noticing right now are shows about adults moving back in with their parents.
1: When are you going to be a showbiz trend? <sighs> I want Barron to be a showbiz trend. Why?
0: Because, you know, I'd hire you.
1: Yeah. And would be- you really? I'd, I actually didn't think about that.
0: If I, if I had the power to hire my own writing staff, then yes, I would hire Claudia
1: Goken. Would you call your show Baron's House?
0: Um, yeah, it's basically, every door I open goes into a different fantastical world. I open one door, fucking zombies. I open one door, fucking vampires. (laughs) I open one, another door, fucking zombie vampires, bro.
1: What? Can one of them be mermaids? Zombie vampires, man. (laughs) Zombie vampires I can swim. (laughs) Zombie mermaids.
0: That's a weird thing that you just said, and uh, it's a scourge in the mermaid community.
1: Aw.
0: Okay. Mermaids are getting bitten by people, and then they become zombie
2: babes.
0: <laughs> bees. Nope. That's nothing. Okay. I'll stop talking. I can see you no, fall, no, slowly no. falling asleep. I'll, I'll keep, ask you this.
1: I just want to know more about your sitcom.
0: All right. Calm down. I'm going to ask you. Because
1: I, I want to get the, the script ready. And then all right. Going to calm write down. More.
0: Don't fall asleep. I want to ask you a question. Okay. This is in terms of your, quote, unquote, defensiveness fear. And you've talked a little bit about this, about becoming better with it and dealing with it, I was just going to ask, like, what are some things that you have implemented I, to, to help yourself deal with this shit?
1: What have I implemented to help myself with my defensiveness?
0: Yeah. What have you changed and what are you trying to change? What are you trying to work on uh, as you move forward?
1: As I move forward.
2: Yeah.
1: I think the key is being aware of how I actually feel. Um, This is, this is embarrassing to admit a little bit, but I was in a recovery program for a little while Why? not for substances and not for sex.
0: Why is that embarrassing?
1: Because it's not it's not actually it's not embarrassing. It's
0: judgment, self-judgment.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um and the thing that they encourage you to do is because it's a behavior is you have to um I, I have laid out all my, like, new age problem cards on the table tonight. Self-judgment. Recovery, ADD, gluten allergy.
0: <laughs> we didn't talk much about your gluten allergy and your uh, paleo diet much.
1: <laughs> Another episode, We'll save baby. that for the next podcast. Yeah.
0: Um, it's going to be called Claudia's Colon. <laughs> Col- colon. All right, what you were saying um recovery program repro- that you're embarrassed about.
1: That I'm embarrassed about is it's one where you have to really just inventory your um oh, like your like you have to know what you're doing because what you what you're doing is not knowing what you're doing and you have to suddenly confront like okay, oh yes, yes, that's a behavior that we talked about and okay. and that's what somebody else talked about in a meeting today and I'm doing the same thing. I'm responding How are you responding to things? And why a lot of those responses are things that you're doing because you feel bad. And like you said, there's also smoke screens involved. Like, you know, like, okay, I'm going to go buy something I can't afford because it makes me feel really good and successful.
0: Right. In the immediate sense. And then later you're like, fuck, I bought that thing.
1: But then I feel bad. So guess what I do is I overspend again.
0: Mm, Okay. So that's like. That's a kind of an addictive behavior, kind of a thing. Yeah. Okay.
1: It's it's all behavior, but it's all about like you have to be aware, and that's the only thing you can really do to stop it.
0: So it's being aware and seeing that I okay, I'm doing that thing, hmm. and then what in that moment making a different choice, being like I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to do this other thing instead.
1: Because it's not working. Because
0: <laughs> it's not working because it hasn't worked. It's it's established as Let's, self as a pattern I that am. doesn't work.
1: Yeah.
2: Hmm.
1: Okay. I'll just say what it is. It's Debtors Anonymous.
0: What? Oh, okay. And
1: you, you'd be surprised how many artists are in there.
0: <laughs> Debtors Anonymous.
1: Yeah. I'm, <sighs> I haven't done it in a while, but that's really uh, a bad move.
0: I am like, maybe I should go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone should be. in
0: Debtors Anonymous, okay. Because uh, you're in horrible debt?
1: Not really, but I have a lot of financial messing.
0: I probably have the exact same amount of financial messiness. Okay. I don't know.
1: Ooh.
0: Because I don't know. I choose kind of to ooh. evade it.
2: Ooh. In some ways. Yeah. It's
0: it's ooh, bad, man. Bad, bad. Man. You know, Rena Zager used to have this fucking joke that um it was the perfect way to describe I was trying to write a joke about this and then she did it better and I was like, Oh, I'll put that over there then. Which is basically being afraid to open my mail. Because when I was in New York especially, bills, I was like, that's important. It's a bill. I'm going to put that right here and open it on the day that I decide to open up important pieces of mail. (laughs) Because I was so – there was this – I had convinced myself that if I open it now, if I look at it, I'm going to lose the pieces. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to solve – I'm not going to actually pay attention. If I open it, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to – Pieces are going to be everywhere. I'm not going to be able to keep track of it. So I better put everything in one place so that way I can go through it and figure all that shit out. I'll do that later. Yeah. Later never happened. I would later be like, oh, I got another letter saying I'm a month overdue. Ooh, that's important. Well, it's better put it in the important pile.
1: It's weird like how what you do to time when you are in that mode, when you are self-protecting because time, it's sort of like, like, oh, I'll pay that tomorrow. And then suddenly, it's two weeks later, and you're like, "But I've been meaning to do that for a while. I've been meaning to like like that intention sort of goes into this other realm where it almost it feels like it's actually happening. You know, like your intention is your promise to yourself that you never fulfill.
0: Can we talk about this on another podcast? Mm -hmm. So the next podcast you and I will do tat.
1: Ooh,
0: yeah, it's gonna get deep. It's gonna cut us deep.
1: that's going to leave us destroyed Oh, I don't know about that But well, we need it
0: We do need it Well, thanks, Claudia This has been a good talk Thank you, Barry. You feel okay?
1: I feel great Thank you for How having me How
0: violated do you feel,
1: though? Um I would talk about this with anybody <laughs> Come so, on
0: over So really violated <laughs> All right, next time Become a little less defensive Will Baron become a little less aggressive Find out next week On Deep Shit uh, Yes that was the episode And uh, thank you for listening to it And thank you for listening to this part Where I'm telling you thank you For listening to it Anyway Next week another episode a couple other episodes Oh man oh, oh, I just yawned Did you hear that? Was a real man yawn. I'm an American male. Red-blooded. Black-skinned. I yawn. I yawn like a Kodiak bear. Awakening from his slumber. Ready to go into the world. Ready to slaughter. Slaughter the meals that are his. Slaughter the bears that stand in his way. from finding his one true love. <laughs> uh really entertain myself I'm really entertaining myself right now so I yawned and I hope you also yawned I'm gonna do it again and and hope that you yawn hope that you hear this yawn and that you are listening to this yawn here we go (sighs) did you yawn what if you did you're an asshole because I just did a fake yawn you yawn yawn trigger. It's fucking, you know, a hair trigger. A hair yawn trigger. All right, I'm going to stop talking. Bye. <laughs>